Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. Hello, I'm Jane. I'm a physiotherapist and I'm working currently within a rehab clinic within the post-COVID service. Hi, my name's Katie. I'm a nurse working within the post-COVID service. I've got a background in respiratory nursing and general practice. Hello, my name is Colleen. I'm one of the occupational therapists with the post-COVID service with a speciality in vocational rehab. So let's kick off right from the very beginning. What is the post-COVID service? It was started in December 2020 with a few willing and exceptionally good clinicians, I must say, who started doing the assessments initially only by telephone. And from there on in, over the last 18 months, it's changed in itself. Um, We're now offering rehab clinics and the clinic itself may be manned by OTs or physios. We've got speech and language therapists. We've got a dietitian. We've got nurses with different specialities. We've got a GP um, who can lend some time to us as well weekly. We've got cardiologist and a respiratory physician who work remotely and give us advice. We've got a rehab medicine consultant and four um, assistant practitioners. And within our structure, all of our different disciplines have got something which we bring, bring along to complete the team. And we're looking to welcome a clinical psychologist in September as well. Oh, so is that to, to sort of help people with the effects in terms of how it's making them feel mentally as well as physically? Yeah, it's yeah the emotional adjustment for people with long COVID can't be underestimated. It's a it's a big factor in in our support in helping people to self manage, and so having clinical psychologist really supports the team. The small percentage of people that struggle to sort of move forward and um, need further intervention in living as well as they can. So that's a, probably a really good time to ask this question: What is post COVID? Well, people who have acute COVID uh, may experience symptoms up to sort of four weeks, um, and that's the majority of people. Some people, they can be symptomatic for longer, but they resolve themselves um, within 12. The patients that are referred to us are 12 weeks post-infection or suspected infection, and their symptoms, their ongoing symptoms, are not explained by sort of alternative diagnoses. So long COVID is is, is a diagnosis from exclusion of, of, of all other potential um, medical conditions. People can have long COVID who didn't have particularly severe acute symptoms. You know, the majority of the patients we, we work with were not admitted into hospital. They had relatively mild symptoms, um, but over time, those symptoms have continued or progressed and some new symptoms have developed along the way. Part of the assessment is to really identify what it is that they're struggling with and how we can support them managing those moving forward. So what sort of things do you see? Is it is it the same sort of symptoms that we used to at the beginning, the cough, the loss of taste and smell or is you know what kind of things are you seeing? These things can carry on for a number of weeks. Some people we may see have still got altered taste or smell sensations at 12 months. 
I would say the majority of our patients present with fatigue as well as ongoing breathlessness. There's a myriad of other sort of physical symptoms that they may be experiencing that may be flare-ups from pre-existing conditions like flare-ups with joint pain, concerns with their voice weakening or cracking or being croaky, palpitations, issues with the fast heart rate, raised blood pressure, problems with sort of nutritional management, maybe gaining weight and there be an element of deconditioning with um, their sort of physical health. Headaches is one of the things as well, which I think we see quite commonly. And these things, I think, are muted in the press as being very common symptoms of people that have had COVID over three months ago and are still having problems and challenges with these symptoms. Another very common um, symptom is people feeling that they're not thinking as clearly, their memory is poor, they're not concentrating, and that feeds into a lot of sort of anxiety and low mood and the fear of sort of not being in control of themselves. You know, the impaired cognition, people start to fear, is this a, you know, onset of dementia? And this certainly isn't the case for the vast majority of people it's very much linked into their fatigue and the fact that their brain is having to work harder to keep functioning um, at its previous level and so this affects people's thinking skills and concentration because of the effort that's required. And I think an awful lot of people you know, uh, look at this almost uh, like, um, I don't know, breaking a leg or or that sort of thing when they're thinking about recovery. And so we find a lot of people who have started on a journey of recovery by trying to exercise things better. And certainly in the early days, it was perhaps advocated. But as we go on, what we're finding is that that isn't the case. It is very much, as, as Katie said, really, that it's like a flu-like illness. It's a post-viral thing. And that illness can absolutely ebb and flow over a period of time. And what we're finding is some people are setting off on a manage sort of a strategy, really, in trying to manage their early symptoms, um, which perhaps isn't the most useful and the most helpful. Um, and then we find people get stuck in the journey of recovery. And that's where we feel we can really come in when we start to look at the rehab element is to help people unpick the journey that they've started and actually try and influence that in a more positive way. I think that um, a lot of people are fixated on their physical health. And I think what's something that's come out of not only COVID illness, but also two years of lockdown and unlock is that people are starting to focus a little bit more on their own well-being. And it's quite important for some patients to have physical problems ruled out. And so we do do a sort of screening clinic for these patients, ECGs, blood pressure, checking on their current relationship with their own medications. Um, and we would always back this back to the GP if we feel that there was something else that needed to be investigated at a GP level. Other patients we would try and refer or we do refer on to secondary care for ear, nose and throat or cardiology. But having that one stop shop with us where they do get a kind of mini MOT that we can then share with the GP is often very settling for patients. Obviously, that's not going to give patients an answer. Some people want a quick fix. And I think the physical element of their illness alongside their well-being and their adjustment like Colleen just spoke about and understanding that 
it's a journey of recovery. It needs some respect, it needs some learning, and it needs some adjustment and um, acceptance. So our clinic hopefully covers a sort of 360 in offering patients an opportunity to tick box a few things off. It's not that, it's not this. And now I can perhaps enter into my journey of recovery with the rehab team. What long COVID is doing to the body is almost upsetting the homeostasis, the, the sort of equilibrium of all, all the sort of different systems that we have in our body, whether it's our sort of our hormones, whether it's our, our digestive system, respiratory system, and, and also our neurotransmitters, which govern, you know, how we feel and think. And so long COVID is very much a real medical condition. And unfortunately, we can't say at this point in time what it is that causes it there's so much research going on but we still don't know what the etiology is this service has obviously grown out of an unprecedented situation the need to have a post-covid service is something we've obviously never had before so what is it like to be a part of a service where there isn't as much research as maybe in some of our other areas you know what is it like to be going on that journey almost alongside the patients sometimes Absolutely. Everything's constantly changing and evolving, being evaluated. And so the learning is is phenomenal. It's constant. It's exciting. I think people are feeling incredibly rewarded, you know, working within the team. It's exhausting. It's it's all of those things. So, um, yeah, loads of change. But actually, what's been really exciting is we've had the opportunity to involve our patients in the development of our service from day one really Mm -hmm. so we send out a lot of feedback forms we get chance to have one-to-one discussions with our patients quite regularly at different stages in the service and so I've got lots of recommendations that I always catch of what patients would suggest is good advice for management. The patients have muted most certainly that they feel that it's a bespoke service for them when they have that initial assessment with us which can be up to two hours long on the telephone allowing for breaks if they're patients that are already very fatigued initially well we've found that them being listened to is a really integral part to the beginning of their recovery and for them to be able to confide and be listened to is something I think all of us have had really good feedback about And that, I hope, provides patients with a springboard of us respecting them and them being able to enter a journey with the team throughout, because they will come into contact with three, maybe four or five of us if they have got many symptoms. And I think that's what the feedback has been so far, is that they do feel that the service is tailor-made for what they need, because our specialities are so broad. It must be such a relief to be listened to and be able to speak to people about what you're going through because you must, I guess, feel a bit like, well, everyone who else I know who's had COVID, they felt a bit rough for a few days and now they're over it. Why do I still feel like this? So to be listened to, to be heard and to understand that it is a real thing that you're going through, that validation just must be so brilliant for patients. Are you getting that kind of feedback? Yes, and what we've um, been running for um, three or four months now is is an online group session called Long COVID and Me. It's just a one one session, and the two clinicians that kind of go through what long COVID is, the common symptoms, introducing the, you know the ideas of of self management, 
what the barriers can be to put those in place, hopefully give people hope that um, most people recover. And there's definitely ways that they can live well with, with the condition while they have it. Yeah. I think obviously the information that they receive is is informative but actually the therapeutic part of it is is being in a group and listening to other people who are experiencing similar situations and it validates you know what what they're feeling um and so that having that collective sort of forum is 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 probably the most therapeutic aspect of of that group session we're getting very good feedback from this as well I spoke to a lady this week who I'd assessed and done her initial assessment two weeks ago and I spoke to her this week and um, she said to me I did the long COVID and me group last Thursday and it was phenomenal they were her words she said it was phenomenal I felt for the first time that I wasn't making it up we all know that our days are long and we all know that all work is challenging for all people in any walk of life. But to have somebody to turn around and say that to you, that your service is offering something that's phenomenal is really important, you know, and I feel really proud of the clinicians that run that. Um, it's not me, but they, I feel really proud of them working for our service. That's amazing. I love that so much. How brilliant. It just shows that the good work that you're doing. I wanted to cycle back to something Colleen said, people can live comfortably with the illness. What can people be doing to self-treat? We're aware probably that, that, that people listening to this podcast, being our health staff, may be listening to it from different perspectives, really. Maybe listen to it because they have a family member with who's had COVID and been affected with long COVID, maybe experiencing it themselves or be looking after people who are presenting with that. So really... There's an awful lot of information out there. There's an overwhelming amount of information out there for the general person, really, pre-entering a, a service like ours. But there are some really good resources online, like Your COVID Recovery, which offers, if you search Your COVID Recovery, um, that offers a lot of online resources, which we actually pick up on if you actually come into the service as well. And Knowledge Anglia and NHS websites all have good information that people can start with. Often I think when I see people at rehab clinic is, oh my goodness, I wish even before you got to the 12 weeks, you'd had the knowledge to be, or the insight to be able to go uh, and look at resources because having an early standing, understanding of things like fatigue, managing your fatigue, um, which a lot of people do experience in those early weeks, or perhaps just having awareness of what good breathing is like. There are some really good things that you can pick up and just consider. So if you get to two weeks plus, three weeks, four weeks, it may be that you just start to have a look at these resources and measure yourself a little bit against where you're at and the, the advice that it's suggesting. The other thing that certainly a lot of our patients tell us is to start with, they really couldn't listen to their body. And actually at Rehab Clinic, I really find, I'm sure the, my colleagues will agree, that we have people who find it very hard to interpret what the body's telling them. Fatigue is telling you an awful lot about the battery status, the charge that your body has at any one time. And we know that people's batteries are running really low and not necessarily always charging up fully with some, some people with post-COVID symptoms. It's very, very typical for us as humans to sort of fight against something that is preventing us from doing what we normally do, whether it's to do with pain, 
people think that uh, no pain, no gain. But if you if you are experiencing persistent pain, then the, the, the worst thing you can do is push into it. And it's the same with fatigue and, and tiredness. Pushing into it will kind of create a, a reaction that makes the brain feel like it's under threat. And, and so it's really important to observe um, your energy levels as best as you can. I appreciate it's very, very difficult if you're trying to work and manage a family or care responsibilities, but to, to make sure that you're doing the very, very best to conserve your energy will really help with quite a few of your other symptoms that get sort of triggered by the sort of the brain draining low. It's the same with your heart rate. We all sit on exercise bikes or we go to the gym or, or we hang on to something like a spinning class and the screen in front of us is telling us where our heart rate is going and it's going way up and it's saying that's the anaerobic area, that's the aerobic area, that's where you need to be to burn calories or to stay fit. Well, we don't want to be doing that with any kind of recovery with COVID. We don't want to be pushing ourselves to the limit. And that's where I think people who have had COVID are confused by messages that they've always brought with them across their adult life. People feel awful, you know, that they're not recovering at that rate. And a simple way that people can think about it, I think, to start with, and this is something that a patient said to me, you know, that she's learned or she wishes she'd done before, which was find the link between what you do and how you feel. So to be a little bit reflective about what your body's telling you and a little bit reflective about the things that might, you know, how, what have you done and learning really about perhaps analysing a little bit about what you've done and the cause and effect of things. So if there's anyone listening to this thinking, I, I do feel like everything they've said applies to me. I feel like maybe I've got post-COVID. How would someone get referred to your service? It can be referred through the GP. Um, they can actually be referred from a clinician in secondary care. There's a series of bloods, a chest x-ray that needs to be done before. We will actually assess them and they're sent a questionnaire which they fill in once the referral is sent to us um, and we assess their need depending on how many symptoms and their own story that they add to their questionnaire um, and from there they're then allocated a clinician who does that one to two hour telephone session. There may be some people out there that have returned to work and they're back in full capacity but actually their quality of life they're just living to work and uh, coming home and just all life outside of work just to, doesn't exist or they're you know really finding it life very difficult and feeling that they should be better then please do ask your GP to, to refer you to our service and, and let us sort of see what could be causing any ongoing fatigue or long COVID um, symptom. Everyone's journey is very very different. For some patients they have their assessment and they feel reassured from that and they don't have any further intervention. Others, um, we set them up on this online platform to help learn how to self-manage and monitor their condition and set themselves goals. And that's all they need. Or sometimes it's a little bit more involved. So, yeah, every, every journey is different for people with long COVID. And though there are similarities, 
you know, it all depends on the person's circumstances, you know, their social support, their, the job, their previous coping strategies for their health. They all influence how people recover and move forward with this. We recognise Norfolk is one of the biggest counties in the um, UK. Throughout the county, we do have our sort of pop-up rehab clinics and our pop-up nurses clinics so that patients have got a limited amount of travel. Also, if if patients have got um, language barriers, for instance, I've got an appointment in a couple of weeks at a patient's home and her first language isn't um, English, um, we're taking a, a face-to-face interpreter with us to the, the house. So we do try as much as we can to reach out to the not quite so easy to reach groups um, so that people have the opportunity to um, benefit from our service from whatever walk of life they're from. There's a large proportion of people who have long COVID between the ages of sort of 40, 45 and 65 and the majority of those are women and um, there is research ongoing um, looking at the link between the perimenopausal phase in your life and the uh, lingering of a kind of post-viral problem. We're quite keen for anybody to explore those issues, first of all, with their GP, or we'll remind them on discussion with that initial assessment that um, it's a good idea that joint pain may be due to perimenopausal forgetfulness might also be exacerbated by perimenopausal, poor sleep, headaches, lots of the um, symptoms that you would experience can be attributed to that. And anecdotally, we do have patients that have started on treatment for the menopause and their symptoms have really improved. Yeah, so it's something that is definitely needing to be considered and explored by patients and staff who have got long COVID symptoms. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.